In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God. A lot of our problems in life, a lot of our frustrations and discouragements stem from a glory problem. One is we look for glory in other things. A good example of that, when Christmas comes around, why is it that on Christmas morning, I read the scriptures, but all of my mind is focused on the gift I'm about to open? We look for glory in other things. Or we look for glory in other people. All So much of our frustration and, and, and discouragements that we find in relationships are because we're wanting that other person to do things that they were never meant to be. We're wanting them to make us feel a certain way that they can't do in their power. We're wanting them to give us certain things that they can't do in their power. But probably the one that's the, the biggest of the three is our glory problem is because we look for ourselves to be glorious. We have a self-glory problem. But John rightly points us to the glory of the only one who can stand underneath the weight and the pressure that we require of whatever figure we look to. He's the only one. And he tells us about this glorious one. In John chapter 1 here and the events around it. You'll see in verse 14, we're going to focus on verse 14. The word became flesh. He dwelt among us and we've seen his glory, right? You may notice here in verse 14, it uses this this conjunction, this consistent word and because it's telling this story and it's adding these different layers to things. He's explaining what has happened in the person of Jesus. It says again, I'll read it. And the word became flesh and He dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's making an argument. He's painting a picture. And specifically, He's accomplishing two purposes here. One is this. He's describing the event of Christmas, what happened. And two, He's giving an invitation to Christmas. The event of Christmas says this, that the Word became flesh, okay? He truly became a man, right? He took on our flesh. God, who is spirit, took on flesh and bone. Think about that reality. But in the second part here, it says that the word entered into our humanity. He dwelt among us. The scripture doesn't just say he took on flesh, but that he dwelt. He's clearly emphasizing something here much more profound than just biological reality of flesh and bone. He's emphasizing that he entered into our human experience. And in the same way that God inhabited a tent in the Old Testament, it's literally the same verb. 
Same way that God inhabited a tent in the Old Testament, He inhabited our human experience. He's drawn near to us. He sympathizes with us. But after He establishes what Jesus has done by entering into our flesh, He says, we have seen His glory. I want you to think about that phrase. Think about the magnitude of what John is actually saying here. That we have seen His glory. You can say the rest of the book of John is really about this in a lot of ways. Expounding on this glory. He's wanting us, his reader, to see what he sees. He wants us to see and grasp what he's grasping. He wants you on Christmas to see the glory of Christmas. What John is saying here is that there's more going on than what might first meet the eye when you consider the person of Jesus. Okay? It's not just that he became like us. There's a greater truth that that we must grasp. He is specifically calling those who would consider the events of Christmas, which we have done over the last few moments, in a particular way. His gospel is ultimately a call to the reader. As we read the book of John and read this verse, what he's saying, he is calling his reader, us, to have a spiritual perception to see the glory of Jesus. Do you have eyes to see the glory of the person of Jesus? I'm not asking if you can communicate the truths of Christianity. I'm not asking you to take off a few days of work, you know, around Christmas and make sure you have a good time as a family. I'm not asking you to go to church on Sunday and be here on Christmas Day. I'm really glad you're here. I'm not asking you to give money or any other external thing associated with the person of Christ in our day and age. What John is asking and what I am asking right now, do you see the glory of Jesus? Glory is of the only one, the only Son from the Father. Do you see in the person of Jesus, the God of the universe, whom all creation will worship, through whom all creation derives its existence from? Do you see the person of Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all of your hopes and dreams and goals and motivations? Is He everything to you in this way? Do you see Him? The Greek word for seeing brings this particular understanding to the kind of sight that John's talking about here. He's referencing this idea of perceiving something with spiritual eyes, seeing something beyond the reality, seeing something in what you're seeing that's much deeper than what meets the eye. Their sight moved beyond ordinary seeing to something deeper in their heart, something that captivated even the life of John unto death. Something that the disciple Andrew, just in the verses to follow here, the disciple Andrew saw something in Jesus and it just changed his life. It changed everything about him. Drove him to follow him. Something in the person of Jesus. Do you see something in him that reorients your life forever? Do you see it? The type of seeing here, as I've said, it moves beyond what meets the eye. The type of seeing that John is talking about is not this flippant acknowledgement, maybe once a week or a couple times a week. This type of seeing is not just celebrating Christmas with some scripture readings and then we move on to the presence. This type of seeing is more than communicating just basic truths of theology. This type of seeing is more than just checking the boxes of all the things you're supposed to do in Christianity. This type of seeing is a a spiritual perception that grasps on a heart level the deepest truths of the universe. Have you seen it? 
This type of seeing is a collision with the fullness of grace and the reality of the truth. Have you seen it in that way? This type of seeing is, is an encounter with the Almighty God. It's, it's new birth. Oh, see the glory of Jesus today. See Him. See the one the angels adored and the cattle stood by in a manger. See the one whom the Father loved yet the world hated. See the one, the glory of the only Son who is full of grace and truth, but He emptied Himself of all of those things by taking on the form of a servant. See the Creator who humbled Himself to become like His creation. See the truly God, truly man, the God-man. See Jesus The man as the Christ, the anointed one. See the glory of Jesus. Do you see him in the way that you're to see him? See the one who took on our sin and gave us his righteousness. See the one who's clothed us, clothed himself in our rags so that we might be clothed in his robe. See the one who was the radiance of God becoming the refuse of the world so that we might Get caught up in His radiance forever. See the one who never sinned yet took on our sin. Took on your sin. See the one who dwells in inapproachable light. Yet ask us to approach Him. See the one who intercedes forever for those who forget to, to pray. See the one who came as a baby, but who will return as a king and a judge one day. See the one who has taken on every ounce of our pain, every minuscule moment of sickness, who took on the finality of our death so that we would be free from any disease and we would live eternally with the healer. See the one. My desire for us this morning is nothing more than this, that you would see the glory of Jesus See the glory of Jesus. The world acknowledges the person of Jesus, but they do not see him like John's talking about here. They see him without seeing him. Don't let another Christmas go by without being totally captivated by him in all of his glory. All kiddos here, today is about the glory of Jesus, guys. It's about the glory of Jesus. Nora, you did a great job reading the scripture. Today is about the glory of Jesus. And you did a great job showing us that. Be captivated by Him. Kids, the greatest gift you could ever receive is to have these new eyes. Everybody do this. If if, if you're a kiddo, do this. New eyes, right? New eyes to see Jesus for who He is. To see Him in His glory. To behold Him for who He truly is. That's all I got today. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm going to pray for us, and as we pray, I want to ask you guys to stand, and we're going to sing, O Come All You Faithful Together, as a benediction. Go ahead and stand with me, if you will. Jesus, we want to see you, and we want to discern with spiritual eyes your beautiful and your glorious reality. O God, overwhelm us with who you are. In your name we pray. Amen.